is. Hendrix. I promise you, swear, swear. I'm there, bitch. Yo, Percocet. Miley Percocet. Percocet. Miley Percocet. Rep the set. Gotta rep the set. Chase a chick. Never chase a bitch. Chase no bitch. Mask on. Fuck it, mask on. Mask on. Fuck it, mask on. Mask on. Percocet. Miley Percocet. Chase a chick. Never chase a bitch. Chase no bitch. Two cups. Toast up with the game. I never sleep because sleep is a cousin of death. That line has stuck with me since I first heard it as a youth. And you guys probably heard it men- me mention it before in the podcast. I thought that line was so ill, not only because of the vision of one's laying in a coffin with your eyes closed resembles laying down in your bed at night with your eyes closed. But more than that, the idea to be succumbed by sleep means to be unable to move because you're in such a deep state of consciousness that you cannot even function outside of that sleep. Now, we've all heard the term of sleep paralysis. and There's nothing scarier than being stuck in the state of paralysis, paralysis, unable to move because your mind has told your body to shut down. Never more so does that uh, saying hold any more consciousness than when that sleep paralysis is um, taking a hold of your entire spirit and you're just aware of what's happening. Sleep being the cousin of death feels so appropriate at that point. However, I was recently reminded of a line that if sleep is just death being shy, then waking up is a miraculous. So, every day we wake up should be considered a miracle because there's nothing minor about escaping the jaws of death. So where am I going with this? Well, I've been thinking about the concept of waking up from the deathbed of depression. For many people, when we think about the concept of depression, our minds automatically shift towards the ideas of a person always sad or draped in dark clothing whose countenance is beyond dour. But what if maybe our concept is limiting? Studies have shown that the idea behind being a high-function mental illness is a person who's living with a mental illness that most people don't detect. It covers a broad spectrum that might have a job, person might have a job, studying, dresses well, has a perfect family lifestyle. In this study, it is estimated by an average 38% of working professionals suffer from some sort of mental illness. But it makes sense. The rising cost of living coupled with the standard of lifestyle set and the responsibilities that carry this lifestyle, the pressure can sometimes be insurmountable. But it goes deeper than that. It's the idea of living within the prism of appearances. We all do it. We all have a portrayal to the world, whether instinctually and actively. We project to the world whatever the projection may be, and we just project that everything is fine. But what if that projection is exhausting, and maintaining the imagery that you've built up for yourself is more daunting than anything you could have imagined? Can you imagine living with internal turmoil on a daily basis? but on the outside looking like everything is normal. Or maybe you can. Because what is normal? 
Because maybe that's the problem. We define normality through our own insecurities. We have to reshape the idea behind high-functioning mental illness and move into space that really normality is how we exist in space that chances are we all know somebody who's high-functioning, who has high-functioning mental, mental illness, and in whatever spectrum that may be. If we allow people to feel, to freely express themselves, then we should allow them to remove the mask of their oppression. The appearance of normality can be a societal mask that for some is suffocating. So with that suffocation, you'd be like, you know what? I'm tired of wearing the mask. and I just don't want to go out. I just want to lay in the bed. I just want to lay in the bed and detach from the world. I don't want to wear the normality mask that society is expecting. You can feel trapped. And that is how depression can take hold of us. We feel like there is no way of getting out of our own thoughts. You feel stuck. You feel like you're in this maze of your own internal turmoil and you can't get out. You're literally paralyzed from operating. But then we're surprised because we see people like Robin Williams, who's been a joy for millions of Americans who actually, you know, it commits suicide because of depression. Or Miss America, who jumps from her roof because even though she's Miss America, she's incredibly beautiful and she has all these things going for her and she's, you know, living in New York and living the lifestyle and money and that she felt like, you know, there was no way out. Depression. We have to un- understand what's happening with the world around us and understand that depression doesn't just take one singular scope. We have to celebrate waking up from that depression. We should celebrate people who walk out of this space of feeling like they're trapped because it's so common. We need to promote the concept of high-functioning mental illness and let people know that they are not alone, that the appearance of depression is not just some dark object, but it can be a person full of light who is battling internal darkness. It's time to be real with ourselves, and it's time to take the mask off. Welcome to Uncultured Bias. My name is Kamara Williams. I'm your host. On our show, we say that culture is a matter of perspective and opinion. After all, culture is just another way to be discovered. We're on culture, we are biased, and we are black. Uh, if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Yo, check this out. If you are listening on Apple, please, please, please leave a review, five-star review. Uh, that's how they measure engagement. And I'm going to also offer, too, if you're on Spotify, they're now offering ratings. So please also, if you're listening on Spotify, go ahead and leave a rating as well. Um, We're going to give a shout out to our weekly sponsors, uh, Coleman Law at 850-590-2990. If you are looking for someone to help you with your business and uh, real estate or tax issues or anything like that, estate issues, go ahead and give them a call, 850-597-2990. Of course, if you're in the market for real estate, contact Keystone Global Real Estate. Um, at KeystoneGlobalRealEstate.com. That's 407-680-8510. And of course, you're in the market for probate estate planning. Um, land trust, something that we're really pushing now uh, is land trust. Uh, please contact Smith & Williams at 888-SWTG-LAW or um, 888-798-4529. And of course, you can reach us at info at SWTG-LAW or admin at SWTGLAW.com. All right, great. So I'm now going to bring on a special guest, my friend, uh, Kita, this is your first time on the pod, right? First time ever. First time. Crazy. Yeah, first time ever. I've been trying to get Kita on there for a while. Okay, there goes the shade. No, it's no shade. <laughs> um, and actually, let, 
let people know who you are and you, you know your proper title. I I called you Kita, but it's Doctor Kita. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna let you run with it. Sure. Let me. I'll run with it. Okay. okay. Run for us. Run. So um, it is such an honor and privilege to be a part of this podcast. I'm excited. So uh, my name is Kita Joy Dutant. I got me a Haitian man with a French <laughs> last name. Now um, I make people's lives better. I'm an executive coach a motivational teacher, an author, TEDx speaker, wife, and mother to two amazing kids that drive me crazy from time to time. Mm-hmm. Doctor, Kita. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can throw that throw that out there real quick. <laughs> I, I, okay, Doctor. I, yeah, I was about to say, like, I was a little humble today. Yeah, but you're yes. humble. Like, don't, like, <laughs> don't take away. I was, you know, I was Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like how there's Dr. Phil, many people yeah. call me Dr. Joy. Right, but you actually have a doctorate, though. Pretty much. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So let's just roll <laughs> it. All right. So listen, I um I wanted to bring you on to the pod this time because of the uh was it a tweet or Instagram post that she put on July fourth? Instagram posts. Okay. And it went up. It did. It yeah. really resonated with a lot of people. Yeah. Um a lot of times when you post it's you know, you know how they say hurt people hurt people. Yeah. But healed people heal people. Yeah. So as I continued going through this mental health journey, dealing with high functioning depression, I just wanted to be open and kind of share with my followers just a little insight into what I was going through. And I had over 250 likes and so many people responding. Um, even reached out to me outside of Instagram to say, I've battled with that as well. Thank you for sharing. I can't wait for you to elaborate on it more. And so I was like, wow, this is a topic that needs to be addressed. Yeah. It was interesting because someone texted me. They didn't even know I really knew you, knew you. Right. See, they ain't even know. And they were like, they texted me like, know. what do you think about this? And I'm like, Oh, I know her. I didn't say that, but I was like, it's, you know, you know it's funny when people text you something and it's, like, you're like, well, I actually know that person. Right. You know? and I have it here. I, yeah. I'll read oh, yeah. it. Yeah, please read it. So uh. I put, I am a high-functioning black woman who suffered from depression this year. There were times I didn't even want to get out of the bed because sadness seemed to swallow me whole. I know that many mommies, entrepreneurs, and ambitious influencers struggle with feelings of depression, but their shame and guilt cause them to act like they're not, to act like they're okay and mask their hurt with overwork. And I said, you know, because now July is BIPOC, Black Indigenous People of Color, Mental Health Awareness Month. And I wanted to bring awareness to these unique struggles that high achieving African-Americans deal with on a day to day basis. Yeah. And so I thought it was like, well, let's go ahead and let's talk go, about it. Talk about it. Let's go. You know, yeah. um, I, I do love that, you know, you highlighted that, you know, you are successful. Right. And okay. yeah. And <laughs> that you have a lot of things going on. And yet you still struggled with depression. And we'll get into that. Um, the question I have, I always ask first time guests. So um, what did you think about the opening or what did you pull from the opening in general? Like, you know, when we're talking about just depression and taking the mask off and things like that. Um, it resonated with me because yeah. it's easy to wear a mask. A mask yeah. can become um, kind of like your safety blanket, yeah. a coping mechanism. Uh, it becomes a survival skill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I grew up from a long line of um, family members who struggled with mental health issues yeah. and substance abuse issues. And the crazy thing is, Kamar, they were all extremely high functioning. Mm. 
And so I would see how they would act in public, yeah. but then I would also see how they were at home. Mm-hmm. And it was completely different. Yeah. You saw the brokenness, you saw the anger, you saw the fear, and you saw the sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was, um, that resonated with me. You know, and you mentioned all the, you know, brokenness, fear, sadness. Those things are common human emotions and they go through the entire human di- diaphragm of like, perspective like everybody experiences that everybody experiences fear everybody experiences sadness but it's when those things become overwhelming you know that they start taking a hold of your entire spirit and and countenance would you agree no I definitely agree I think about like a central processing unit and I feel like that's what happened with me Mm -hmm. so many different issues in my life seemed like they were coming in on me all at one time I felt pressed on all sides Mm -hmm. and I'm normally the strong friend Um, You know, I'm an executive coach. I'm the one that gives advice to everyone else. Um, But I felt like so many different traumatic experiences all happened at once. And I didn't feel like I was strong enough to handle it. Um, And so I just got extremely overwhelmed and literally like a computer shut down, Mm. shut down. You know how you try to plug it back in. It's not charging. It's not working. I felt like whatever I was doing, it just wasn't working. I couldn't get out of this funk. Mm. Let me ask you. Did you know you were shutting down at the time? Or do you just kind of like, I mean, was you conscious of what was happening? I was. That's what's so wild. Yeah. I actually was very much aware that this was happening. And that's what was so scary. Uh, it was almost like I didn't have control over it. Sleep paralysis. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It, it goes into like your opening. Um, yeah. I was in a situation where I normally know how to get myself out of a rut. And I found myself in a situation where I was like, this is hard. I don't know why this cloud of sadness is so thick. I cannot seem to get out of it. That's how I felt. I felt like I was a prisoner in my pain, Mm -hmm. trapped in my sadness. And I could see it. And I just didn't know how at the time, how to move past it. Mm. The cloud was so thick. Yeah. Right. Like you think about when you're on a plane, you know what I'm saying? Living your best life. There's certain clouds you can kind of see through it. You can see the sky. And then there's other clouds where it's like it's so thick. You don't know what's on the other side. And that's how I felt. And that's how that fear starts to take over you as well. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fascinating that you were talking about like it's a cloud. Right. And. You know, those uh, cloud can be so encompassing. But, you know, the fascinating thing about a cloud, like think about like rain clouds. We live in mm-hmm. Central Florida and rain. <laughs> now, like Central Florida, like one side, like right now it's sunny. So one side of Central Florida is super sunny and the other side is like going through like torrential rain. Tropical like, storm. Like it looks yeah. like, you know, hell is under, right? You know what I mean? Like it just looks like you're in a hurricane and that cloud can be, you know, we all seen that image of the cloud depression around you and it's that rain and all that other stuff. Everything is so sunny. Um, it's hard to see past that torrential storm in your life, right? And it's downpour. But the weird thing about it is everybody else is sunny. Everything's fine. And so I guess the question is, did they know you were dealing with the cl- um, your internal torrential crowd, cloud around you? Um, only the people that are the closest to me. I mean, extremely close. So we're talking about my husband. We're talking about our marriage counselor. Mm-hmm. And my therapist and maybe one or two trusted friends slash sisters that that knew what I was going through. Mm -hmm. Um, But to the outside world, no one saw a difference. Right. Because that's what I was trained to do. I'm trained to push through. Mm -hmm. 
That's what I know how to do. You know, I came from Miami, single family home. Um, my mom did the best that she could at the time. I thought we had it all. And then I look back, I'm like, wait a minute. She was peeling potatoes, making French fries and grilled cheese sandwiches. Like that was my Chick-fil-A. Like right. we were balling. And so I just learned. That's all I saw was women who knew how to push through. Right. Um, but there's times where that's that coping strategy is just not enough. Right. Just to push through. Right. Absolutely. You know. Um, and we'll talk about like that whole day, uh, that idea of like pushing through or, um, was it the term women at woman up or something like when you tell women, like, you know, you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta, well, I'm going. glad I don't say that term. Somebody's yeah. saying that maybe yeah. woman up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm interested because you actually didn't actually stay in the bed. You actually still kept working. Like, I don't know. Maybe I, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like you were, like, I never, I, of course, I'm not, like, looking at the timeline, but, like, you're always, but I felt like you were always still on the go, so. It was, like, the basic daily task yeah. that began to dwindle. Okay. And those are the things that, yeah. you know, not returning that email as yeah. fast as you normally would. Okay. Yeah. Forgetting to pick up items from the store. Yeah. Taking a little bit longer to get the day started. Like maybe I wanted to start the day at nine, but nine? I was, That's late for me. Well, I'm talking about after meditation, <laughs> oh, going okay. for my five K run. Okay, you know I'm what sorry. I mean? Okay, okay. Put the makeup on, okay, you know, okay, and okay. now we're in the office now, at nine. sitting yeah, at the yeah, computer yeah, gotcha, at nine, gotcha. right? Okay, okay. I was about to judge. <laughs> yeah, okay. I felt the judgment coming. Kind of, yeah. But I was getting into a place where I wasn't starting the day until twelve. Oh, and then it was like after lunch, I'll start. So then that's kind of like starting the day at one. Right. Um, and these are things that I can mask because to the trained eye, you don't know the difference. All you saw was a social media post or a highlight of me speaking. Me, because all I see is that. That's, yeah, that's it. Yeah, but yeah. you're not actually seeing what I'm doing from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed and lay my head on that pillow. And I didn't want to get up. Right. And I would literally wait until the last minute when it's like, okay, you're a mom. You still got mom duties to do. Yeah. So get up, brush your teeth, and get moving. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not succumbing to your own internal turmoil. Right. Yeah. I didn't want it to get to the point where it would start to negatively affect the people around me that I love. Mm. So that that would be that last motivation. Like, come on, Kita. You, you, you've got to get up and at least do a few things today. Right. You right. know, but still compared to what I would normally do in a day, I was doing maybe... 40% of that? You know, though, yeah. like, I know that the depression is bad, but is that so bad, though? Like, you were doing 40? Because I feel like you're, you were, I don't know if it's, it's easy to maintain 100% go well, all the time. Well, I think it's time. your why. Okay. It's all about the why. Okay, walk, walk, me, walk me through Yeah, that. so if I'm being intentional and I'm saying, hey, I understand that I need rest mm -hmm. or I need more time to myself. Mm-hmm then that's making a conscious decision to take care of your well-being. Right. That's completely different. Right. But when you're literally having thoughts of sadness and thoughts of self-defeat, mm -hmm. and that's the reason why you don't want to get out of bed, that's extremely unhealthy and toxic. Mm. And figuring out the why behind it. You have to know the why behind why you're laying in the bed. There's one thing you're laying because you're like, I'm tired. Right. <laughs> I had a long day and I'm tired. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But when you're laying in the bed because you feel like you're starting to feel hopeless... That that's different. So okay, I and we can be we can get a little nosy and and talk about you know what those issues were that led to it too. That's up to you. I wasn't yeah. going to impress you, but you know, we, <laughs> and we can 
we can get into that. Um, I was re- thinking about a tweet I saw, mm-hmm. and in the tweet, they were talking. Somebody was. Yeah, it's weird. It was an interesting tweet. They talked about how you uh, are. You really depressed, or are you burnt out? And it was like a clear delineation between the two, right? And they said, and it was this mental health person talking about how sometimes we align ourselves in depression, you know, because of everything going on. And we say, oh, I'm just so depressed. In reality, you might just be burnt out from life. And they said, could it, and it, they started off by saying, if you were in your happy space, let's say you were on an island, in, in, you know, in, in a beach, would you really be depressed? Or would you still be happy now because you're not in the space that you're at, right? And so they went down the whole thing of sometimes it's because we're not we're unhappy with work, we're unhappy with family dynamic, we're unhappy with the state of the world, you know, and that could be crushing and it can drive in a sense of hopelessness, mm-hmm. right? And we're like, oh man, I'm just, I'm just, I'm so, and it can be, it could be a weight, like a weighted blanket. Again, we keep going to sleep, you know, this whole sleep thing theme here. I can tell you like that. I did like that, yeah. Um, don't, don't shave me <laughs> on my own podcast. So anyway, so like, you know, just the weight of it can really just bring us down. And it's like, oh, man, like I'm so depressed. Like I'm just so down. I feel I'm not motivated. Like what's even the point, you know? And, you know, this mental health you know, therapist was like, well, you know, you might just be burnt out from your life responsibilities, or you might be burnt out from the, you know, trappings of your life, but you may not be depressed. And so maybe the thing is reshifting your focus, reshifting your physical, and maybe putting you in a space, maybe thinking about how can I get in a space that's going to make me happy and drive in more happiness? Because clearly working in this cubicle ain't doing it for my life. Or or whatever, whether it's the physical cubicle or a metaphysical, um, you know, the metaphysical or theoretical proverbial cubicle of life, right? And so I'd say all that to say, um, is there something to where you can talk about? We can talk about not you, but we can talk about, you know, the difference between just being depressed or just burnt out. Yeah, um, I think in my situation, it definitely wasn't just burnout. Yeah. Just because I had uh, depression, symptoms are excessive sadness. Mm. Like it is highly excessive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, nonstop, I can remember in April that I was just so sad and right. I couldn't get out of it. And so it was more than just exhaustion. Right. It became more than just being overwhelmed. Right. Um, I just completely got so discouraged. So it's a deep feeling of discouragement Mm. and I mean I was in a place where even if I was on a beach I would be crying on the beach wow (laughs) even on vacation you probably would have still been in Mm -hmm. absolutely it was so mental there was certain things that I was kind of like um hope deferred you know Mm. there's a scripture that talks about you know hope deferred makes the heart sick and so there's a lot of things that I was hoping for that didn't happen around mm-hmm. that time. And there were so many of them, not just one. Yeah. And it just sent me in this tailspin of sadness. Mm-hmm. And even when, I mean, and after a while, there's certain mental health strategies that you can do yeah. to get your mind in a better space. And we'll talk about those things, but that's what depression is. It is truly this deep 
amount of sadness where you really feel like you feel like, and that's why I say right. feeling, cause it's not true, right. but you feel like you can't get out of it. Yeah. Rather when I think about burnout, you know, and I've been there too, where right. I just feel exhausted yeah. and that's that trigger. Like I need a break, yeah. but not necessarily I'm sad. Right. I'm just tired. Or you can be sad from your, from the lack of break. Yeah, that too. Yeah, you can, yeah, like, you can yeah, get sad, you irritated, like, irritated like, very I'm just, irritated. I'm sad that I don't even have an opportunity to get a break, you know, and it's making me, it's bringing me down. Yeah, and I know? think for me too, I'm, I'm used to always finding solutions. Yeah, and I feel like in April, it's like I had these problems that I felt like I couldn't find a solution for, mm. and um, that discouraged me mm. deeply. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm very solution oriented, and so when you get to a place where you can't, you, where you feel like right. there's not a solution, it, it messes with my mind. Yeah, yeah, I can see, I, I feel that, and you know, um, especially when you're used to like a dynamic of like one plus one equals two, but when you're, it comes to like one plus one equals I don't know, like that can be like that can break you. That can like my mind is broken at this point because mm-hmm. I'm like I don't know the answer to this. I don't know how to answer this question. You know, and if you're used to having answers to something, you know, and that's a part of your character, when a piece of your character is removed, that could be debilitating for anybody. It's a pillar of who you are. Removing a pillar of who you are can make anything crumble, right? Um, And this was the first time ever, and that's when I knew something was up. My husband was so concerned. Where it's almost like I gave up, not gave up to the point where there's like suicidal ideation, because I want to make sure I put that disclaimer out there, but just gave up like, I don't have no solutions. I'm not trying. Mm. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm over it, mm. you know, um, just all fight in me mm-hmm. felt like it was gone. I yeah. lost my fight. Lost your fight. Lost the fight, man. And so I, I you know, we talk about how I got that fight back. Because yeah. we fighting today, honey. Yeah, we can, and I want to <laughs> get to that. So let's walk into how you got to your space and if you want to get in as much detail as you want to right i'm not gonna you know push you but you like whatever you want to delve into like how you got into the space of you know inability to fight it's a mixture so i just turned 40 one time for everybody who's in the 40s club we out here doing our thing i turned 40 march 29th and i don't know i felt like it was like a baby midlife crisis I started thinking about, am I on the right path? Am I doing all the things that I want to do? Um, Am I making all the decisions that I want to make? Is there anything that I feel like I'm missing out on? Are there things that I need to do better? And, you know, in retrospect, those are all valid questions that you should kind of ask yourself. Um, But I think I put too much pressure on myself with those questions. Um, And then in my marriage, we're constantly evolving. And you know how that is being yeah. married. You yeah. know, sometimes you're in sync and then sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're Backstreet Boys. You like that? I, did. I like that. I was like, okay, come on. Look, don't be trying Backstreet, Bo- Backstreet Boys like that. Don't do them like that. No, I love, listen, I'm just, you know, I just saw. But they ain't in sync. They ain't in sync. You know? I saw it opening for a joke. You did. You did. Just, you, you took know, it. Yeah. You took it. But no, real talk. You know, sometimes you're not. Um, we used to like some of the same things and then you realize you don't like some of those same things. And I think for me being honest, like my husband and I, we are best friends. Mm -hmm. Like he is literally my best friend. We're going on 15 years in August and that. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, 
that's why it hurts the most when yeah. you're not in sync with yeah. your best friend. Yeah. It hurts yeah. because you're so used to always understanding each other. And I felt like we were in a place where it was just like apples and oranges. I'm saying one thing. He's thinking I'm saying something else and vice versa. And I thrive. I do well when I'm doing well in my marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, other people, I think they're, I've met some people, they're good at hiding that. Yeah. For me, it impacts me spiritually, mentally, physically, mm-hmm. how I'm doing in my marriage. And so we were working through some things that was difficult. There was a couple business contracts I was really looking forward to. Um, a lot of people don't know behind the scenes. And you know, Kamara, we've talked about this. I get offered for different TV deals. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about big yeah. networks, yeah. you know, yeah. and a lot of people in Orlando don't know. And they don't need to know. That's all yeah. good. But yeah. I, I, you know, I get offered a lot of big opportunities. There was a really big one. Got close to mm-hmm. having it last minute. Didn't get it. Right. I had a big contract that I wanted with a big Fortune 500 company. Got really close to it being a green light. Didn't work out. Then you're dealing with trying to figure out with parenthood, the best way to raise my daughter, best way to raise my son. And I literally just shut down. I was just like, I don't have no answers for this. Yeah. I ain't got no answers. For this. <laughs> right, right. I felt like I don't have no answers for my husband. I don't right. have no answers for my kids. I don't have no answers for entrepreneurship anymore. Yeah. Like I am, I'm just, I'm over it. Yeah. We're past burnout. This is stressing me out. And it got to a place where I just got sad and I felt like a failure. Mm. I felt like a failure. I felt like I wasn't strong enough to handle the things that were on my plate. But this, you know, I'm a a believer and and God says that he doesn't give you more than you can bear. And I remember deep in my sadness, Kamara, I was like, God, I think you got it wrong. (laughs) I was like, I think you got it wrong because that ain't the case right Right, now. I told God that I'm like, yeah, that's what your words say, but that ain't how I'm feeling. You know, it's so funny about that (laughs) word. You be like, you don't give me more than you can bear. Like, well, God, who told you I could bear this? Right. And like, he's like, I made you. Yeah, I'm like, like, nah, but no, still. I think you got the wrong Kamara. Look, maybe you got Kamara with an E. Seriously. Instead of Kamara with an A. You know, I don't know. Because more than I can bear, it's looking a lot bearish right now. <laughs> you know? No, seriously. And I remember with tears in my eyes telling God that, yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. you're Lord and you know everything, but right. maybe not, maybe yeah. not this. Right. Because this seems more than I can can right. bear right um it's like you know they say no um no weapon uh, no weapon uh, formed against form, form you will pro- prosper and i'm like well, why are they forming against me though like they, 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 they forming and they, they form and they feel like they're really prospering at this point that's what i'm saying yeah you know i'm like you sure they're not prospering yeah, i'm it, feeling it feeling like a prosperity gospel over there my goodness you know and so um but you know i was thinking about what you were saying about this the contracts you wanted, right? Or mm-hmm. these um, opportunities. And it reminded me of when I was uh, studying for the bar a long, long time ago. And I was talking to a friend, naming his, his friend's name, Mikhail. He may not remember this quote. So I was telling him just about studying for the bar. And I was like, yeah, you know, I really hope the past and really hope things could work out. And I'm really studying. He was just kind of listening. And then he said, um, you know, hope is not a strategy. And I was like, damn it, you were right. Mm-hmm. So he's like, pretty much, you got to, I don't want you to take out, I, we all have to be hopeful. But if your strategy is hope that things are going to turn out, you know, then you're going to wake up nine times out of ten really depressed. So I think you need to drive in this idea of being more structured in your objectives 
and then how are you going to get to those objectives? Because you can't be hopeful of objectives because you're not. That means you're not doing the things you're supposed to do. And that was in that particular sense. But I thought about you know how sometimes it's the object of hope when we want things to happen and they don't follow through. And not to say we we didn't do the things we're supposed to do because what happens when you do everything you're supposed to? Yeah, do? and it still doesn't work out in your supposed favor. And what right, you think and that can be a crescent fall, right? Of living in that hope, and when it works out, it's great. Hope is is really a beautiful thing, but when You've done what you're supposed to do, and and you're hopeful that your work translates into the product or whatever, you know, the objective that you outlined, and you fall from that. That's, like, really, really, really depressing. You know, it's like, shit, man. I did did all that and still didn't work out? Like, what, like... What are you trying to tell me, God? Because, you know, you tell me, don't work on this, don't do that, you know, and so that is a real thing. A real thing, you know, um, and I've experienced that, mm-hmm. you know, I've experienced thinking you've done everything you're supposed to do and it doesn't work out. And, you know, I think it's something that it's very human to experience and we have to talk about those things because if we don't, uh, if we don't talk about it. Most people don't think they're going, going through it by themselves. They think like, you know what? Ain't nobody else experiencing that. Yeah, and you can also, um, especially when you have any type of faith, it's shameful mm. because you feel like, well, if I believe in this higher power, mm. if I believe in God, right? Then wh- why am I depressed? Right? Like I should, I should know that I can get through this. This mm. is what God teaches me. So what, what what's going on? Um, and then I've had times where I know people mean well. I'll I'll tell someone that I was dealing with depression. They act like it was a death sentence. Mm. And I don't think people understand like how discouraging that is. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. You're like, whoa, we, we, we are right. We're, we're here, you know? And so I think depending on people's reaction, that makes you feel even more like, man, am I a leper? Is this, you know? Um, so I think it's, it's it's one of those things that and it could deter people from actually coming out and be like right be because honest, like, you yeah. you you feel like oh my gosh what I'm going through is too much to bear for other people mm-hmm. it's too much for them to handle right um, and that's why you do have to be careful who you share how you're feeling with because not everybody has the mental capacity or discernment or wisdom to be able to help you mm-hmm. so I'm gonna go ahead and we talked about you know not giving more than you could bear maybe. In this spiritual course of things, and I'm not—I don't know—I don't know God. God's thinking. I don't—I I don't know, man. But I'm just talking right now. That's what we do when we talk. Mm-hmm. But in the spiritual course of things, maybe God was like, "I need you to go through the depression because you need to bear the weight of the depression, and when you come out of it, you're going to be an advocate." For so, so many, and that is that is the lesson. So the, annoying, though. I'm the, like, can we learn a different way? Lord? I know. Like, I mean, can so I get, get a, so to that? I went on. I love so God is so amazing. So I go on Wesh Two News yeah. as an expert coach. Shout out to Wesh. Hey, and I went on this month to talk about mental health issues and talk about depression. Yeah. I posted a clip on TikTok. It is my highest viewed TikTok yet with wow. over 20,000 views talking about tips on how to get over depression. Wow. Look at that. Look at there that. is no way I would have come up with that content right. or had the heart to share that information right. if I didn't go through what I went through. So right. to your point, it's so true. Right. 
it's the, you know, we're thinking like, why am I going through this test? You know, why am I going through the test? And it's like, well, I'm not putting through a test. I'm putting through a furnace. Mm, it was hot. You know, and, but the <laughs> furnace is to, it's to sharpen and to, to sharpen the metal. And you're thinking I'm suffering you and it's hot. It's really hot. It's burning. But you know, you're, you're made of a special material of a metal that is not going to wilt. And you're not going to, you may it get, may get hot, but you're not going to melt. So let's talk about with that, how I got out. Yeah. Cause I'm out of prison. I'm out of mental prison. Out of mental I got prison. some freedom yeah. today. Yeah. And so, um, I remember when I was in like the deepest depths of sadness, mm-hmm. um, and feeling like I couldn't get out. And I told myself, and I talked about this on the news, opposite to emotion thinking, I was like, I know God is here. Mm-hmm. I know he loves me. But in order for me to see him, I have to get out of this sadness. Okay. I have to do things that will shock my body, right. shock my mind to get me to focus on positivity. Right. So I give you an example. I'm a part of this <coughs> church. Shout out to one family church. And we do um, family groups mm-hmm. every week okay. where you meet in small groups with other families in the church. You kind of talk about scriptures, but you talk about your week, talk about life. We pray for each other. We break bread, laugh, hang out, all of that. I didn't feel like going to that. Kamara, I'm sad. Yeah, Ain't nobody like, trying to go yeah. over there. Especially when you're sad. He's right? like, I don't want to be around these, all these happy people. All these happy people? Yeah. Why, why are you all so happy? But you know what? I said, we going. Right. We going sad and all. Right. We going. And it helped. The mm-hmm. spirit of God would be there. Mm-hmm. People who were encouraging yeah. and had the wisdom and the love to support me yeah. were there. And so that helped me, you know, to get better. Yeah. You have to have people in your life that not only are going to listen to you, right. but have the tools to love you out of it. So that that goes into the thing of pouring into you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll admit recently I went through about where I'm like, man, I just feel overwhelmed. So many people pulling into pouring into pulling me. Right. Whether it's carrying a business or just family or just expectations. And it just got really, really, really a lot. You know, and then you have this thing where you're carrying a lot of water, right? You're carrying water, and then you have things where people are piercing at you, and that water is kind of, you know, in the, from the sack, right? The water is kind of leaking out, right? And who's pouring that water back in? Mm-hmm. You know, and you're just carrying it. You're car- and this is like, sometimes you, you know, you want people to kind of like pour into you because you're pouring into them so much. You know, you're giving them positivity, you're giving them wisdom, you're giving them content, you're giving them perspective. And then it's like, well, I would like that. I would like those things too. Right. You know, because, you know, I'm not, I'm not an unlimited faucet of just all these things. I have to get these things poured in. That's why I have to read a lot. You know, I have to read because that's the only way I know people, the only way I can pour in because expecting people to pour in, hoping people to pour in and hope is not a strategy. Um, But you benefited from being in a space that you were able to get the pouring in that was going to recharge your proverbial battery, mm-hmm. you know? And then I would purposely listen to certain songs that I knew would, you yeah. know, slowly lift my spirits, was even it, if with, it wasn't in that future, moment. Would your future mask off? 
Nah, nah, it wasn't that one. It wasn't that one. It wasn't future. Though I do like his new album, though I will say that you do like. His oh new yeah, album. I do. Okay. Um, but uh, I love Maverick City. Okay, they're a, a Christian group, mm. but they just always encourage my soul. And I think I realized I was spiritually malnourished. Mm. I was on the go so much, mm-hmm. taking care of everything, you know. Working on the marriage, helping my kids, building my business, doing all this, but not making sure that I was pouring into myself spiritually. Yeah. Giving myself the love that I needed. Mm -hmm. And the ultimate love that I needed had to come from God. But again, like how you were saying, hope is not just, it's not a strategy, right? Right. right? So with God, it was like, well, what does that look like for me to get spiritually filled up again. Right. And so I would start reading scriptures, praying, meditating, um, listening to uh, positive affirmations, making sure that I run because while, you know, both of us love to run, but while I run, I also pray. Mm -hmm. So just getting back to that and I could feel myself Mm -hmm. slowly getting out of that sadness. But the thing is, it's not like my situation's changed. Right. 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 Everything's still there. Everything's still there. Kids still there. Husband's still there. Husband's still there. Business is still there. there, But my perspective was able to change. You removed, you walked away from the cloud that was down, torrentially downpouring on you. Correct. And you were like, hey, there's sunshine over here. And, you know, a lot of people will tell you a lot of things to be mentally free. First of all, you could say a lot of people will tell you a lot of things. You could just stop that cool right there. What? No, that's true. Oh. Yeah. A lot of people can, will tell you a lot of things. <laughs> they will. That's, a, a, that's, that's what fact. a lot of people yeah. do. A lot of facts, right? Facts. <laughs> Including people with podcasts. They <laughs> tell you a lot of they tell, tell you a lot of stuff. Tell you a lot of things. Right. But one thing I, I have to make sure I let people know your and every it's different for everybody. Right. You have to figure out what your relationship with God looks like right. on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Think about in a marriage, like if you, with Ivory, mm-hmm. if you only talk to her once a week, mm-hmm. what kind of relationship that would be, right? right? Mm-hmm. Or if you only checked in on your kids once out of seven days, mm-hmm. what, 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 what kind of damage would be done, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so it's the same thing with your relationship with God. We know he's there. We know he's sovereign. We know he's powerful and all loving, but are you intentionally tapping into him? Mm-hmm. And I realized that, I was starting to be on autopilot mm. because you just know stuff, but knowing stuff and doing stuff is completely different. Mm, said it twice. Knowing stuff and doing stuff is completely different. I so I down what that means. Correct. And so I would know that I need to pray. Mm. I would know I need to read my Bible. Mm. I would know I need to meditate. I would know I maybe need to practice yoga. I would know I need to practice journaling. I would mm. know all these things, but was I doing it? Mm. No. Right. And then was I doing it consistently? No, but then I'm wanting to see consistent results of peace and joy. Right. The math ain't math. It ain't adding up. Right. It ain't adding up. And I said, you know what? Let me see. It was almost like an experiment with myself, even though I already know what's going to happen. I'm like, what's what would happen if I consistently got up every day Mm -hmm. and read a couple of scriptures? Right. Thought about how it could apply to my life. Right. Pray, practice uh, gratitude. And and see if that would make a difference in my day. <sighs> my God. Listen. Open the floodgates of wisdom and just so many supernatural epiphanies. It was just amazing. I could feel God's love all over me. And this experience is different for everybody. But I will say anytime you're in any mental rut, 
it's always spiritually connected, mm-hmm. always spiritually connected. Right. And you have to figure out for you, what does that take to nourish your soul and heal your soul? And yeah, you know, and so I was thinking about like how to your point, right. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, you got to do all the stuff. You got to take all the steps and, but even that can be exhausting, right? You'd be like, I gotta like, I gotta do the yoga. I gotta do. I gotta check off the boxes in order to get to where I need to get to. But only initially. See, that's the thing. Once you do it, it's not overwhelming. Mm. It brings freedom. Mm-hmm. It brings release. Right. It brings peace. Right. The the challenging part is just getting up and just do it. Right. You know, good old Nike phrase. You just gotta do it, and get that's up. what I realized. Just do it. Yeah. Even when I was sad, I would make a decision to just do it. Right. It ain't going to make me, you know, even more sad. Right. It, it can only help. Right. And literally every time I did it, I would feel spiritual freedom, mental freedom mm-hmm. every single time. Now, I'm not going to say everything is perfect. Right. But I have clarity mm-hmm. and I have my peace back. And, and you know, it's so funny. You think about peace, but sometimes you got to fight for peace. Mm. Sometimes you got to go to war for peace. Go to war for it. Yeah. Mm. Pacifism takes a bit, a bit of fight. It does. And I got to a place where I was willing to do that. Mm. But it was almost like I had to get myself out of ICU. Mm. So it was like I had to start getting around positive people. I had to start slowly, you know, maybe listening to a few songs here Mm. or going outside to get fresh air. And the more that I was able to strengthen myself, I started connecting to God even more. Mm. I like that. Yeah. So you, probably, you had to go tap back into the source. Tap back into the source mm. and stay plugged in. Because our human nature, mm-hmm. we plug in for a little bit mm-hmm. and then we think we're mini gods. Mm-hmm. And so we'll use God for a little bit. Zoop, oh, I'm strong now. I don't need you no more. I'm good. And then we continue to do the same things that end up getting us back into that space again, doing everything on your own accord. You just called it a portable battery. <laughs> pretty much yeah pretty much yeah. he's supposed we're supposed to stay plugged in with him at all times right all times and even if you are a portable battery you still need to chart recharge yes you know and not wait not wait till when you're completely dead inside. don't right because as we know like how i kept going with that one that yeah you did yeah. well hey i'll keep going too same yeah. thing like sometimes i wait to the last minute until my phone dies to charge it mm-hmm. and when i plug it in i expect for it to turn on immediately. Right. And it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, it takes, it takes some time to charge. But what happens when the phone's dead? That means you lost connection and then people can't reach you. Mm-hmm. And so when your phone's dead, that means you lost, when your body or your mental spirit is dead, people can't reach you because it doesn't matter where you're at because completely out of, out of juice. But imagine if you are just being aware, mm-hmm. right? right? And you start to see, oh, I'm like 80%. 70% yeah. and you make sure you, you stay plugged in, you stay yeah. charged in throughout the day mm-hmm. instead of waiting until you're completely dead. Yeah. You know, so let's talk about appearance, right? Cause we talked about how, you know, sometimes our appearances, the world sees an appearance, sees everything's, everything's uh, sweet, you know, shit is sweet. Things are great. Right. Mm-hmm. But reality it's not right. And we talked about, you know, uh, the young lady who jumped off, you know, her, balcony and robin williams and you know we talked about these things and from the outside world things look sweet the outside world kita things look sweet Mm -hmm. you know and what do you think is about that maintaining that appearance that mask that we want to 
See, that part, I don't even think it's a mask. I was just coming from um, encouraging some high school girls. A lot of my appearance is just my personality. Mm-hmm. It's just who I am. You know, I, I like to dress up. Mm-hmm. I like to, you know, focus on the details. That's just stuff that I like to do. Right. Not necessarily a mask. I think for me, how it, it displayed in my life was that I just wasn't leaving the house. So I ain't have to get dressed up. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I wasn't going nowhere. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Now, if I was going somewhere, I would make sure that I dress up. But that was more. That's just my personality. Mm-hmm. Just like any kind of habit. Mm-hmm. If like just look sidebar, I won best dressed in high school. OK, mm-hmm. so just imagine from high school to now I've trained myself mm-hmm. on appearance yeah. and how to put things together. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's something that just comes easy to me, mm-hmm. not necessarily something that I feel like I'm wearing a a mask. Right. You know? Yeah. I could, I, I see what they're saying. I see what you're saying. But um, some people, some people do. though, they, 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 they have to put on the mask. Yeah. To, but sometimes society. you have to, because you got things to do. You got to, you got, got bills to pay. You can't, so it, it's, and then you can't trust everyone with what you're going through either. So I was, um, I was talking to somebody, and this may be interrelated, but really not. I don't know. It may be. I don't know. <laughs> you're gonna say it anyway. We're gonna say it Go anyway because people be saying things all the time. All the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, we were talking about how celebrities or how people who are rich get free stuff all the time, mm-hmm. and and we're just saying like you know, the more you project wealth the more people want to give you stuff, right? And so then we, you know, because we talked about how, like, Kanye says, I don't even travel with a credit card. I don't travel with cash. You know, people just get, let me stay where I'm going to stay. And we talk about Oh, how, that's the Breakfast Champs one? That uh, interview? Yeah, but he's mentioned it in different spaces, oh, too. Okay. Yeah, and then, you know, um, people, how people just give stuff to celebrities, like, because they're because you, you can afford it. You know, so they're like, oh, you can afford these nice items. And it's like well, there are people in life who actually are struggling and they could use the things that are so readily given to people that appear successful, right? And then so we were talking about how, and then I was just talking about how, like, in business and life, like, you have to appear almost, you always have to be successful because nobody's going to want to spend money with you if they feel like you're struggling. Correct. You know what I mean? Correct. Nobody's going to be like, well, if you're struggling, because they, they take it like, if you're struggling over here, then you've got to be struggling over there, you know? And so you have to wear the mask and projection of success all the time in order to receive, quote unquote, the accoutrements or the benefits of life or people giving you, in your sense, services. And I think that's why my depression hit me so hard is yeah. because I'm so authentic. Yeah. Like I'm so real. I'm so honest with myself. So when I'm depressed, but then I still got to go out. Right? right. And right. to your point, kind of like put on a mask. Yeah. That is exhausting. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not being my true self. Right. When, when you do that. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, um, and then just taking it, ratcheting the conversation even further about black folk. Right. So sometimes this is a black podcast. We can talk about it. Like <clears throat> black people tend to have to feel like we have to put on, you know what I'm saying? You know, like put on a little mm-hmm. bit put on for the show or whatnot. And, you know, and, and project a level of success within our own community and that could be debilitating would you agree or disagree on that one um I do and that's where you have to learn how to be secure in yourself a lot of people try to keep up with certain appearances 
so they can look like they have it all together. To your point, to look like they're Keep up a with success. The Keep up with but really, even deeper than that is to be accepted. Mm. That's why people do it. You want to be accepted. You want to be validated. You want to be liked. Let's at, walk through that. What does that mean when you say that? Because I, I've never thought about that. But yeah, we're, at we're the like, at the core, every human being wants to be liked. Think about that kid back in the day on the playground wanting to get picked for like the softball team, mm -hmm. and they're like, "Okay, I'm picking this person, that person." They go from left to right, left to right, and then right. there's this one kid standing at the end, right. hoping that somebody's gonna pick him for the team. Hoping. No one hoping. No one wants to be that kid. Right. Nobody does. Right. I don't care what walk of life you are. Nobody wants to be the last person picked. You always <clears> want to feel like someone thinks you're special, that someone likes you. Um, and the reason why sometimes people will project. So my issue is buy what you want to buy, but don't buy stuff that you can't afford. Mm -hmm. And so that's what a lot of black people end up doing because they want to be liked and validated so deeply and desperately getting it from the wrong places that they're willing to go into debt mm -hmm. in order to feel like, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're a success. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the stuff that, that hurts our community. Like right now, every woman feels like she got no, no shade. I mean, do it, do it, boo. Where, where the purses, where all the labels, but don't feel like you have to do that in order to be beautiful, in order to be successful, in order to feel validated, in order to feel worthy, mm. worthiness. That's worthy. where it comes from. Yeah. We want to feel worthy. And right. we think that these labels will make us feel worthy. And you know, it goes back to our history. We're a community of people that as a whole, we came from lack. We didn't come from a lot. Yeah. And so anytime we have something, yeah. we want to be able to showcase that. Like, look at me. Yeah. Look at what I did. Look right. at this. Right. You know? It, uh, and all of that yeah. is also intertwined with your mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, coming from, we come from a lacking place, right? You know, as you said, we come from a place where, um, not, a, not of abundance, mm -hmm. you know? And so, uh, or at least on this land. Right. And so like when we do accumulate something or do get something, it's in our it's innate with us to want to show and express it. Right. And there's nothing wrong with the expression, you know. But when that expression becomes the hallmark of happiness within Correct. community, then that is the problem. And worthiness. Worthiness, right? Worthiness. Expression it becomes a, like I'm not worthy because people don't know how how well I'm doing, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not worthy because people don't know that I am successful. And that's you know? where social media becomes a blessing and a curse mm -hmm. because people get on there and you, you, you start to compare yourself mm -hmm. and start to struggle with that comparison disease. You know, but people do that even without social media. But you're right. You're right. Social media is a devil. It makes it easier. Yeah, it makes to it, be able it, to it, makes do it easier. That. Yeah. Cause you know, you look at Instagram is a great example of that. You know, we've all seen people like, man, yeah, yeah, they always on vacation. I've seen people say that to me. Mm -hmm. like, You're always on vacation. I'm like, I'm really not though. Like, I really am not. I probably take one or yes, two. Yes, you are. No, <laughs> I was like, I'm not. Like you too. It too, Brutus. Like I was like, no. I, I was like, but you know, people will just like, oh, you guys are always on vacation. You guys are always doing something. I'm like, I'm really not though. But I mean, I thank you, I guess. But also, the idea of people thinking that because Good example. I was talking to a friend of mine, and I don't know how we got into this discussion. He was like, "Yeah, man, Kamar, you you like make a lot." I was like, "What?" I was like, "I make a lot." What do you mean I make a lot? So I could tell from social media. I said, "I don't be, 
I've never talked about money on social media. I don't even tell you. Nobody knows how much I make. So I just, I feel it from the way you project on social media. You seem like you make a lot. I was like, I project like I'm making a lot. I said, no, that's, I said, that's you. Yes, I need him to find something to do. Taking your, <laughs> taking my life and putting a dollar sign. But he's not, there's nothing wrong with him. That's what society sees, you know? And I'm like, I, I've never once projected you know, wealth or anything like that. I've never once done anything. Say, oh well, we're making so much money and da da da. And it's but like, I think those things are a balance. You right. know, some people are doing it because they want to feel accepted, mm-hmm. and then other times you're doing it because you're like, this is who I am. This makes me happy. This is the way that I express myself. So I would tell you, I'm a poster child. I go somewhere, and people always think I'm overdressed. Mm-hmm. Or I'm dressed up. Right. I get this everywhere. Right. You're so dressed up. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. And I'm not doing it for all of that attention. Right. I'm over here because, you know, I'm petty. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm not talking about why you so basic today. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask why you wore them flip flops. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, to right. eat. Uh, you know, some stuff is to each its own. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what helps me with my mental health, too, is just living a life of authenticity. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you should do the things that truly do make you happy. Mm-hmm. Your style, your personality, the things that make you unique, mm-hmm. that you should be true to that. Right. And then if other people, to your point, want to have their own perception of what that looks like, that's a personal problem for them. Mm-hmm. You know? I like that. I like that. All right, so let me ask you this in this conversation, though, because you talked about it on your, your birthday. Yes. 40th birthday. 40. And, you know, birth, you know, birthdays are the worst days. I'm drinking champagne <clears throat> every Thursday. But for some people, they're not drinking champagne on, when they're um, under birthdays anymore. You know, or birthdays for me have become this weird space of reflection. Yes. It's like, I feel like Beyonce was reading my mind when she made the Break My Soul lyrics. Mm. She was like, I'm going to dye my hair. <laughs> Cause I lost my mind, and that's when when my fortieth birthday, I dyed my hair blonde. Oh, I was like, see, I must have been. Oh, <laughs> right, it was around that time. I'm I, thinking, like, I do remember you being blonde, and now I'm like, okay, right I was blonde it. for like two seconds. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was in a crisis. We're we're going back. So now you just told on yourself. What? It's all good. You know, because like now people, any, any time she, she was going through something. She's going through something every time she died. Well, no, not every time. Just that specific time. <laughs> okay. That specific time. Okay. I was going through stuff. Yeah. I was like feeling like I needed a change. I'm evolving. I need to do <clears throat> something different. Right. Um, and that was because inner, inner man mm-hmm. was struggling with different things. But I mean, they say when a woman changes her hair style, um, that means she's you know, going, not necessarily going through something, but she's expressing something internally that she's dealing with, mm-hmm. right? My wife changes her hairstyle all the time, though, so maybe I got to check in on that. Maybe. <laughs> but see, now that's part of her style. That is part of her see, style. See, that's different. That's right. part of her right. style. Right. Me, I'm always like jet right. black hair. Right, right, And then right. it was like, blonde. Right, right, right. right. You know. But, um, you know, just talking about birthdays, though, and they're being always so reflective and you start thinking about the patterns and the trajectory of your life. Yep. And you start thinking to yourself like, you know, <clears throat> I didn't hit any benchmarks. I didn't hit the certain benchmarks I thought I was going to hit at this certain age. And those things can be really, really dangerous of outlining benchmarks in your life by a certain age can really take you down a certain path. Because like, I should have been this at 40 years old. Listen. I should have had this by 40 years old. 
Like, why am I still dealing with this? I was dealing with this 10 years ago. Now I'm in 30 and I'm still dealing with that at 40. And I, I don't understand it. Like, I don't understand why this is happening in my life, you know? And so um, I think that's really a common thing. I don't even think you have to be 40, though. No. I think it's just looking at your birthday and looking at it like, ah, oh, man, I, I thought I was going to be somewhere else at this point in my life, you know? And why do you think that is? Like, why do you think that we often go through this? path the dark path of like oh man I, this is i don't feel like celebrating this year man I ain't ain't nothing to celebrate you know i i, I didn't not not a lot of things happened this year so why, what what are we even celebrating this year yeah, it's a mixture it goes back to again that hope you know yeah. and sometimes we don't always share these hopes some mm. of them they're like secret hopes that maybe nobody else knew about and then the clock starts ticking. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute, this didn't happen. I may not have shared it with a lot of people, but I was kind of banking on mm-hmm. this happening around this time or being mm-hmm. in this space or having this type of relationship or mm-hmm. whatever it may be yeah. during this time. Right. We, there's always something that we're like yearning for or mm-hmm. thinking that we're supposed to be at. So something that helped me through my depression, like thinking about those things was my win is aligning with the will of God. That's that's the win for me. Yeah. I think when your wins are always based on just these specific goals that you have for yourself, that's right. very self-defeating mm-hmm. because you might miss the mark. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily missing the mark. Maybe what you thought was for you wasn't for you and there's something better for you or maybe it's not right now or maybe it's later, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So now I'm in a place where my win is if I'm in the will of God. If I'm in the will of God doing what he wants me to do, for my marriage, for my family, for my business, my friendships, that's the win for me. Mm-hmm. Because everything else, you're not going to be able to, um, you know, gauge the turnout. You're not always going to be able to gauge that turnout. You know, I agree with that. And for me, I, looking at my own life, my birthday, I have to like, again, to your point, align say, all right, I know I had this timeline, but it's, was this a godly time timeline? Mm-hmm. You know, because... Sometimes we put in ourselves, like, it's supposed to happen in this time, and it's like, it's not in your time, it's in God's time, right? And you get caught up in that yourself. It's very much a narcissistic viewpoint of how you think you should govern the world mm-hmm. and how you should think you should, think you should govern. Because in order for things to work out, it's just, sometimes that's not you. Other people have to, have to be in the space to give you the blessing. Yeah, all, the th- all the moving parts have to be in place. All the moving parts all have to be in place. Them. And so we get into this so like this. Past, present, future. Right. Everything has to be lined up. Everything has to be lined up. And so we get into these spaces of like thinking like, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. Why doesn't it turn out the way it's supposed to do? And it's like, well, yeah, you may have done everything you're supposed to do, but the things around you haven't been aligned in order to get what you need to get. And there's maybe a purpose for that. And we're never going to know the end of the story until the end of the story. You know, you may think you're on chapter 10, but reality you're on chapter three, mm-hmm. you know, and it, that's, I think the frustrating part about timelines. And that's when we get to this thing in the birthdays and we like, Oh man. I, and you know, you that's know? where they go back to that saying about enjoying the journey, enjoying the journey, got to enjoy the journey, but it's so true. Not the destination because yeah. there is no real destination. Yeah. Life is just a continual journey. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm learning, enjoying it is being in the will of God, being creative, being full of love, right? Mm -hmm. Loving the people around me, making a difference. Yeah. Those are the things that bring me peace. And the more I focus on that, the opportunities come. Mm -hmm. Those things come. Right. 
but it's just, you know, focusing on the things that I'm supposed to do. Right. Um, and, and that is what brings me joy and that's what brings me peace. And that's what helped me get out of depression. I like it. So if you had um, to give people some tips, well, number one, high functioning mental illness. Mm -hmm. What would you say to people who are like, you know, do I have high function or do I know anybody? Like what did you, did, cause you just gotten out of it and you said people were coming up to you, you know, like, what would you say? Like, all right, first of all, don't be approaching me like that. Like, what would you think? No, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Uh, it's an honor. If you continually feel sad, mm -hmm. that's not, that's not normal. Well, I'm not going to say it's not normal. It is normal, mm -hmm. but that is an indication that something is wrong. Yeah. That something's bothering you. Mm -hmm. um, of course, we're going to have uh, an array of emotions, mm -hmm. frustrated, sad, discouraged. Right. But when you feel like they're persisting, mm -hmm. They're being, there's prolonged. Right. That's a huge indication. Like, wait a minute. I think something's off. Mm -hmm. I need to talk to somebody. Um, if you're not motivated and you're normally a very motivated, high functioning person, that was a big red flag for me and for my husband. Right. He was like, whoa, right. this lady is always motivated. Right. Even in the hardest circumstances, I'm the one like pushed through. She's the engine. Yeah, yeah we can do it. Yeah. And then I'm the one like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. That's a huge indication. If you're around someone who's normally very motivational, and they're losing interest, that's a big indication that something's bothering them. Um, and they probably could be suffering from high-functioning <clears throat> depression. Also, check in on your people. Yes. You know, the people who... Just because. Just because, Just because right? it's Monday or Tuesday. Right. Just check right. in on folks. Check in on folks. Like, you know, expecting like, ah, oh, they got it. But I'm going to be honest with you. If you are someone who may struggle from high-functioning depression, you can't bank on that. No, I agree. Because people are so used to you always being okay. You're the last person they think to check on. Absolutely. And people operate within their own silos of their own lives and things, life happens. And you're like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I wasn't able to check on you, Kita, because I had a lot of shit going on in my life. And maybe not have been depressing, but I just, I, the weight of life was bringing me down. And I'm sorry, I, you know, I can't do it. And that's human, right? And so, ex to your point, expecting people to you know do temperature checks on you mm -hmm. that's hopeful so that's why i say you know that cloud like how we talked about gets real thick mm -hmm. and it can get real thick real quick and so i think as soon as you feel sad mm -hmm. talk you reach out to someone reach out to a therapist number one yes reach part. out to a therapist and sometimes it's baby steps before you get to the therapist mm -hmm. but reach out to a therapist make sure you reach out to a trusted friend mm -hmm. Um, uh, someone who can give you spiritual counsel, a pastor, a mentor, a coach, but you have to, if it could be your spouse, but initially reach out to someone. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would say that's something that really helped me because even early on onset, I was always talking to my husband about how I felt. Mm -hmm. And I think because I still had that dialogue that helped me to get out of the depression, probably a lot faster than maybe somebody else. I always kept talking about it. I got to talk about it. I got to talk about it. Even if I was talking about it crying, I, I got to keep talking about it. Don't right. stop talking about it mm -hmm. because there's so much healing and communicating. Because mm. if you don't have a husband or you don't have a wife. I'm you know, sorry. No, just, no, that's it. That, was, that was wrong. I'm so crazy. Child, it is, listen, it's a lot. Child, you probably yeah. might be telling me I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Right. So, but you know, if you don't have somebody. Then you, your closest friends, mm -hmm. 
your closest family members that you trust that yeah. are in their sound mind, yeah. pastors, you need coaches, mm -hmm. reach out to those people. Just don't keep it bottled in. Do not. But early on. Because the longer you wait, the harder it gets to share. It's not going to get easier to share. Right. So that's why I'm like, as soon as you start to feel sad, but you still feel like you high functioning, talk mm. to somebody right now. Yeah. Talk. Don't wait because it's going to get harder. But to, see, I think you're... You're very much in tune with who you are and your feelings. Why well, better? Because I get paid to yeah, be in but, tuned. But there are some people who are just not. And Correct. They don't, even, they don't even know they're in the middle of it. That's the thing. Like, you don't even know. Like, you're just like, I'm just down. Just but feel. that's what I'm saying. When you feel like that, yeah. I'm just down. Yeah. Just talk to somebody. Like, yeah. don't overthink it. Yeah. Just open your mouth and communicate. Because yeah. there's healing in communication. In communication. Yeah. So you don't even have to, you, that's what I'm saying. You don't have to be a coach like me. Just as soon as you're like, man, I don't know why. Cause that's how you'll get. I don't know what it is today. I just mm -hmm. feel a little off. Okay, cool. Talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. Just talk to somebody about it. And talk to somebody that's not going to interrupt, but that's just going to listen. Because sometimes you just want to express yourself. And you don't, and it's, sometimes it, the, the idea, and we talked about in the opening, if we're going to be allow people to have the freedom of expression, we cannot curtail how we want them to express themselves to us. So we can't say, okay, I like you to to converse with me in a certain way so I can receive the information. If somebody just wants to reach out, you'd be like, I'm just going to sit there and listen. I'm going to sit there and listen. So um, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I'm going to give you this particular example, a million dollar baby. And I feel like I've said this before, but maybe not. I have a lot of, I've had a lot of podcasts. I just be talking. Um, and it was a great scene in where how she talks about how she just sat there and listened to the other character um, giving his monologue. And he said that the hardest part about acting was not, you know, <clears throat> was not actually just saying anything, was not making any facial movement, was not doing any type of like thing to show that I'm listening, it was like complete, be complete stillness. And she said that was the acting right there of showing an intentionality of focusing on that person and looking like I'm not trying to like do any movements to take away from that person talking. And when we're communicating with somebody, sometimes the best route to actually allow somebody to communicate is just stillness. Just let, just let them talk. Like I don't even, you don't need even need to interrupt them. Don't interject. I'm they're not even be asking because they might even not have a timeline of their sadness. They may not even have a format to their sadness, but they just want to communicate. And you just kind of be like, this, I'm just silent. And when people talk, you'll be like, no, I'm still here. I'm just listening to you. I'm not doing anything. I'm literally just focusing on what you're saying. I don't have anything to offer unless you want me to talk to you, but I really am just here to listen. And I think that's something that, um, as a society, we don't do enough listening. Communicating is one thing, but we don't do enough listening. Yeah, on the receiving another. end, you need to be listening. You need to be listening. Yeah. So I'm going to, um, because I know you got to run. Mm -hmm. and you, Mom life calls. Mom life calls. So I like to give people a, um, if they want to give their final thoughts on everything we spoke about. And this is your time to, whatever whatever we spoke, you know, we spoke about or something you just think we just needs to be communicated. Um, this is the time to do so. Ooh. Yeah. Well, to all my viewers out there, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good voice. Yeah. You I like think. that? Um, uh, yeah. What I would say is just remembering that 
You are a <clears throat> spiritual being going through human experiences and that there is nothing new under the sun. And oftentimes our sadness will make us think that that is false, that what you're going through is so unique and nobody can understand how you're feeling. But I just want you to know that what you're going through there are thousands upon thousands of people all over the nation who struggle with sadness, disappointment, anxiety, rejection, feelings of insecurities, doubting your worth. These are things from teenagers all the way up to senior citizens that we deal with. And so one thing to remember to do is to be open, find safe, I call them safe people, find your safe squad. Um, and I highly recommend finding safe people when you're on a good day. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find safe right. people on a crappy day. Right. Like already identify who are those people when I'm hitting rock bottom or just having a lousy day that I know those are my go-to people. Because we got go-to people for different things. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I'm right. just trying to go to happy hour, yeah. you know who to hit up. Right. You're my fun friend. <laughs> the fun friend. Yeah. But then you got to know, okay, if I'm really going through something that's traumatic or discouraging, I know I can talk to this person. Mm-hmm. They have the capacity right. to listen right. and, and open themselves up to what I'm going through. So find your safe squad, like your top three. Um, another thing that I would say is really figure out what's your spiritual practice to connect with God? Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? What do you do every day to plug into the creator of the universe? What do you do? And like I said, for me, it consists of prayer, reading God's word, meditating, running, What is that for you and honor your body, your mind and your soul by committing and creating that self-care routine for yourself Mm -hmm. because self-care is a part of Mm -hmm. self-love. It's deeper than just manicures, getting an outfit and and, and Sunday brunches, (laughs) Sunday brunches. Like we got to move past that self-care is like, especially at my age, you may need to go to a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. Okay, physical therapist, massage, your actual mental therapist, marriage counselor. um, All of these things are a part of self-care, self-love practices and figuring out what does that look like for you? Um, So those are things I I leave the viewers with and that ain't nothing wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with you. you it's were, normal. It's normal. No normalcy. No, and that's why I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Because one of the things that I see real quick that just bothers yeah. me sometimes, Kamara, yeah. is that everybody want to talk about, make sure you see a therapist. Mm-hmm. Be open about how you feel. Well, you ain't open. Right. Right. <laughs> You're not talking about how you feel. Right. Everyone still puts themselves kind of up on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what you mm-hmm. need to do. I'm okay, but you do this. And what people don't understand is that still doesn't create a safe space for people to want to be open. You know, the best way is through transparency. And that's why, you know, when I shared what I share, even on TikTok, over 20,000 views, because that's what people want. It's real. It's real. People want the real because behind closed doors, I don't, like we said, I don't care what mask you see in the daylight, people going through real things behind closed doors. Yeah. Yeah. And when you can shed light on that, that's where the healing happens. And that's, that's right. where hope is restored. Right. See, that's dope. And I, I, I love that. Um, you talk about the authenticity because, you know, and I, I'm, I'm going to get into um, my, you know, I have a little section called Dear Black People. And it's like kind of love letter to black culture. So Dear Black Culture. Um, right now, we just had a discussion about the importance of just being open and honest about 
uh, high functioning mental illness. You know, a lot of times within our community, we have still the stigma. And I know it's been, you know, now it's in vogue to talk about going to see a therapist. And I'm glad Dr. Kita talked about, you know, yeah, you know what, going to see a therapist is great. But, you know, there's still the stigma that's out there. And, you know, we don't want to let people know, hey, I have a therapist. And I'm very happy to talk because she is my valve to talk to the things that I'm going going through. Because sometimes I can't really pour into my friends because they have their own stuff going on. So I need somebody else to communicate. And those things are always often raw, unconventional, but it allows me to kind of filter my thoughts and get into a space so I don't get into a funk that, you know, I'm unable to get out of. And I think that's something that we often don't talk about. So black culture, we need to be able to talk about those things, be open about it, be authentic about it, and don't allow your mind to play tricks on you and allow your mind to get you in a space of a prison where you cannot get out. You know, we talked about being in bed. You don't want to be in that bed. You want to get out. But your mind will tell you that there's nowhere else to go. And your mind will tell you that it's a, um, that this is the only place that you need to reside in. And you end up having a sleep paralysis within your particular, you know, countenance. So can I read something? Oh, you can't can I jump in. Yeah. I don't know how, how the flow of it. No, no, go ahead. There ain't no flow. We just go. We just go. Okay. Uh, okay. So a uh, couple. This scripture helped me a lot. Romans okay. twelve verse two. It says, "Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, mm. so that you may discern what is good." pleasing and perfect will of God. Mm. It's hard to discern anything when your mind ain't right. Right. Your mind has to be right. That's right. the root of all the issues or opportunities. Mm. It all comes back to the mind. And so when I realized I was in a funk, I was right. like, okay, right. That was an indication. I need right. to renew my mind. Mm. Yeah. So with that being said, and your mind has to be in the right space, we're going to go ahead and write out with this song. Thank you all for listening to Uncultured Bias, and until next time. I sit alone in my four-cornered room, staring at candles. Who got me? We're on the radio, dude? Oh, all right. Let's keep this here. Headlight, I can't sleep. I toss it, turn. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Four walls closing in, getting bigger. I'm paranoid, sleeping with my finger on the trigger. My mother's always stressing I ain't living right. But I ain't going out without a fight. See, every time my eyes close, I start sweating. And blood starts coming out my nose. It's somebody watching the act. But I don't know who it is, so I'm watching my back. I can see them when I'm deep in the covers. When I awake, I hear a car burning rubber. He owns a black hat like I own. A black suit and a cane like my own. Some might say take a chill beat, but I can't G, cause there's somebody trying to kill me. I'm popping in the clip when the wind blows. Every 20 seconds got me peeping out my window. Investigating the joint for traps. Checking my telephone for taps. I'm staring at the woman on the corner. It's messed up when your mind is playing tricks on you. 